Bienvenidos, I'm your host Lore, and this is Creepy Chisme. Warning, some stories and information on Creepy Chisme may be triggering and are not suitable for all, especially young children. Please listen with caution. Thank you. Feliz Navidad, mi gente! Ojalá que lo están pasando muy bien, and not like me. <laughs> yes, I have been infected for Christmas. Merry Christmas to me, right? <laughs> I am the first in my immediate family, but I knew it it would be me. Um, and not just because I work in a school, but mostly because I always get sick first. But believe it or not, I'm really sure that I did not catch this at school. I'm pretty sure I caught this when I went Christmas shopping um, a few days before my break. Of course, it would be Indiana, of all places. I always knew that if I was going to catch COVID, it was going to be in Indiana. <laughs> because they don't have a mask mandate, even though like things are really bad right now. And yeah, they just nobody believes in masks in Indiana. But I am grateful that it wasn't worse than it was. It was very mild. I think like the first two days was really bad and then that was it. I just had a cold. I still have a cold. I don't know. Today's kind of weird because yesterday I was feeling so good. But today would be day eight or nine. Today's day nine. And I feel like I'm losing my voice. But I don't have a cough. I think I've coughed like twice today. And my nose is not stuffy and I still kind of sound like it is. So I hope tomorrow I'm going to go get tested and I hope it comes out negative, but you never know. <laughs> the good thing is they say if you've gone more than 24 hours without a fever, then you're not contagious anymore. So it's been like six days without a fever. So that's a good thing. I just want to see my family. <laughs> Spending Christmas alone, um, for those of you out there who do that all the time, I feel for you. My heart goes out to you because it's pretty awful. Like today's a little rough. Today's Christmas and I'm home alone. And I did some fun stuff last night, but I was just tired. And so I'm just not feeling it today. So I figured why not talk to mi gente and get an episode up for you before the night is over. And that's what I'm here to do. So yeah, I'm doing really good. Uh, the only thing I think is like, I noticed that when I do too much, I get tired. So like I woke up, I wake up every morning with energy and then I drink my vitamin C tablet and then I'm just like, oh, I'm ready. And then I start doing things and then my body's like, nope, take a step back. We're still healing. <laughs> so that's like one thing that I can, I definitely feel a difference with is my energy level. And the other thing is I kind of just lose my voice. Like I'm home alone. I'm not talking to anybody, <laughs> but I still sound like I've been talking all day. So I can't imagine if I were to be back at work trying to talk. Oh my gosh, I would lose my voice within an hour of being at work. <laughs> so hopefully that gets better soon. Um, and I'm really, really praying that this test comes out negative tomorrow so I can enjoy at least my second week of break. So yeah, so last night, Christmas Eve, I spent it alone. But I made myself some Christmas cupcakes. I only ate one. <laughs> and then I made, oh, okay. 
So whoever created these pre-packaged, ready-to-go gingerbread making kits, I love you. <laughs> because you don't know how difficult, first of all, wait, yeah, okay, hold on. You don't know how difficult it is to make gingerbread for a gingerbread house. It's It takes a lot of skill. And oh my gosh, my niece and I, we made gingerbread cookies this year. And the amount of ingredients it took to make them, I was like, ugh, I'm over it. Like by the 20th ingredient, I was over it. <laughs> but yeah, so whoever created these kits, you're amazing. And they have so many. I even saw one that was like build an RV, gingerbread house. <laughs> yes. And so I bought an Oreo one. And let me tell you, I love Oreos. And it was so hard not to just want to, like I'm looking at my house right now thinking, I should just eat it. <laughs> Because it tastes so good. Um, so if you don't like gingerbread, they have other options. I even saw a Twix gingerbread house. Do you even call it a gingerbread house if it's made of Twix? I don't know. And then I just put my pajamas on and watched The Grinch. Because thank God, I have been waiting all December for somebody to stream The Grinch. And finally, Peacock TV did. So kudos, Peacock TV. Although I don't, I'm not a fan of Peacock TV. They don't have like a lot of the things I watch. So I was pretty excited when I saw that they put the Grinch on yesterday. And of course I've watched it like three times already. <laughs> so I just put the Grinch on and I fell asleep. That was my Christmas Eve. But yeah, I'm doing fine. And honestly, I would be completely shocked if I still tested positive. But I do know that it happens. So yeah, so today I was kind of feeling down, I had some free time, and I started wondering if there were any creepy stories or tales to tell from the holiday. So I found myself lost in some European folklore, which includes the infamous Krampus. I'm actually wearing my Krampus Christmas sweater right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, until about 10 years ago, I didn't even know Krampus existed I've, I've seen him before but to me when you see Krampus you're just like oh a demon right um, but not until about 10 years ago did I actually figure out that what he was but before I get into the legends and the folklore that I found just like I did in my Halloween episode I have some interesting Christmas facts and if you're like me then you like to learn things like this so here are 10 Christmas facts. So December 25th is not actually the date that Jesus was born. Now the Bible doesn't actually state this, but to be honest, scientists claim that he actually may have been born in the springtime around April. Now, the day of December 25th may have been chosen to coincide with the pagan festival of Saturnalia, which honored the god Saturn with gift giving. I've said this before, and I've told many people, I would love to study more on the pagans because they were a wild bunch. <laughs> but while on the topic of pagans, the idea of gift giving, which in the Christian faith is because of the symbolism of the three wise men when they brought gifts to baby Jesus, 
This can also be traced back to the pagans, which I previously stated they would give gifts to their gods, including around the celebration of Saturnalia. So even though we credit Christianity, the three wise men with gift giving for Christmas, it may go back as far as to the pagans. Another cool fact I found is about Christmas trees. Now Christmas trees go back to the 1800s. It is stated that Prince Albert of Germany gifted his wife, Queen Victoria of England, a tree that was fully decorated. Now, a drawing of the couple in front of their decorated tree appeared in the London News in 1848, and people went crazy, and they wanted a decorated tree too. So kind of like when the Kardashians post something, and everyone's like, I need it, and then they go buy it. Yeah, that's what happened. (laughs) So... Uh, The tree was adorned with like small toys and candles, so that became really popular to put on your Christmas tree. Uh, I don't know, people back in the day, they just weren't the brightest bunch, so putting candles on a tree is just a disaster waiting to happen, and I can't imagine, like, lights on trees is also dangerous, but like, actual fire, (laughs) I don't know whose idea that was. But on the topic of Tannenbaums, right? That's how you say Christmas tree in German, I think. (laughs) Um, Do you know why evergreens are what we see most of around Christmas? Well, apparently, this tradition goes way back to the ancient Egyptians and the ancient Romans. They would decorate with evergreens during the winter solstice to show that spring would come again. So green trees, green wreaths, and green garland, they pretty much play homage to that tradition. It sounds good, right? Like, but also you have to think around this time, winter, nothing is alive, at least where we live. Um, Nothing is alive. And so all that is available is evergreen trees and some bushes, right? (laughs) I don't know, it could be either or. Again, these are not solid facts. These are what people assume. A lot of these history things that you talk about, like the ancients, you can't really set it in stone, (laughs) like hieroglyphics. I'm so funny. (laughs) Um, Because we don't know. We're just guessing. Let's talk about my boy St. Nick. So Santa Claus started in honor of St. Nicholas, who was a 4th century Christian bishop. Now, he would give from his very large inheritance, so he was a pretty wealthy guy, and he would give to the poor, and he also would rescue women of servitude. Hmm, I wonder what that means. Now, the Dutch called him Sinterklaas, which eventually turned into the name we know today, Santa Claus. I love learning facts like that. You know, we we say Santa Claus, we've said it my whole life, And even before that, and it's like, did anybody stop and think, why do we call him Santa Claus? So another cool fact about the man in the red suit, the image of him. So in 1931, Coca-Cola hired a man by the name of Haddon Sundblom, Sundblom, and he was an illustrator, and they wanted him to create a jolly elf for magazine ads. And so he created the chubby man in a red suit that we know today. Now, some of those old Coca-Cola ads are very creepy. 
and you can find them on like the vintage coca-cola stuff yeah the creepy looking santa if you don't know what i'm talking about just google it <laughs> but yeah that started in 1930s so yeah they credit coca-cola with creating the image we know today because from what i remember the original saint nicholas or santa claus was actually a thin tall man in a robe all right um let's talk about stockings why do we hang stockings by the chimney with care <laughs> now the stockings stockings the stockings legend started when a poor man couldn't afford his daughter's dowries somebody gifted them money by throwing it down the chimney and the money ended up falling all around the family's laundry that was hanging to dry which included stockings so began the legend, if you hang your stocking by the fire, you may be left with a gift. I've actually never heard this before, but sounds good to me. <laughs> Did you know that Christmas wreaths are actually a symbol of Christ? So the holly is supposed to represent his crown of thorns when he was being crucified, and the red berry stand for the blood that was shed. Now, I don't know if this one is true, but it does make a lot of sense. And I can't remember, but I think I remember hearing this in CCD. Does anybody know what that is? What does CCD even stand for? <laughs> but it's like Sunday school, right? Yeah, that's what it is. Now, one of the most popular Christmas songs is Jingle Bells. But this song was not written for Christmas. A man by the name of James Lord Pierpont wrote the song that was actually called One Horse Open Sleigh, and he wrote it for his church's Thanksgiving concert in the 19th century. It wasn't until 1857 that the song came around again with its new title, Jingle Bells, and began to be played around Christmas time. And so then I started thinking, like I was singing the lyrics of Jingle Bells, and there's really nothing about Christmas in it. And I think now, in this day, we associate bells with Christmas. But that's not the most popular song, believe it or not. The most recorded Christmas song is actually Silent Night, which has been recorded over 750 times. All right, so the last Christmas fact I have for you is Rudolph. So who was Rudolph and where did he come from? So Rudolph was a huge marketing scheme created by Montgomery Ward Department Store in 1939. One of their copywriters created a Christmas story for kids that the store could promote. Now the character stuck and eventually movies like The Island of Misfit Toys were created. And the name Rudolph almost wasn't. The friendly red-nosed deer was almost named Rollo or Reginald. <laughs> it's funny because I call my best friend Reginald. <laughs> so I can't imagine. She would have gotten so teased for sure. She already got teased for her name, but like, <laughs> oh girl. But also the other reindeer were almost given other names such as Flossy, Glossy, Racer, Pacer, Scratcher, Feckless, Ready, Steady, and Fireball. 
I actually like the names Flossy and Glossy, but I don't know, Ready Steady. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, those are just a few fun Christmas facts, holiday facts that I found interesting and I thought you would. So let's get into our creepy European Christmas legends and folklore. Starting with the big man first, Krampus. So this legend first appeared in Bavarian and Austrian folklore. The name Krampus comes from the German word Krampen, which means claw. Now he is claimed to be the son of Hel in Norse mythology, who was the goddess of death. Now Hel was also one of the children of the god Loki. So she kind of reigned over a part of the underworld, I guess you would say. And so they claim that her son is Krampus, who is a half-goat, half-man creature. I would love to find out the true story behind that. Um, but he is pictured with usually giant horns, uh, hooves, and a scary serpent-like tongue. In the 12th century, the Catholic Church tried to rid of the story of Krampus because he resembled the devil and therefore was evil. But by this time, it had become such a huge part of the culture that everybody was like, no, we're still going to celebrate him. And eventually, the Catholic Church was like, all right, let's compromise here. You can keep your Krampus if we can keep our Santa and make them friends. So people were like, okay. So they pretty much became polar opposites, and they ended up symbolizing good and evil. Now on December 6th, uh, forgive my pronunciation, but I believe it's called Nikolaustag, or St. Nicholas Day, is celebrated where kids leave their shoe out and are left goodies if they've been good. But the night before, December 5th, is known as Kropperschnacht, or Krampus Night where he comes to torment bad kids by hitting them with rods or sticks. And if they are really bad, he might even take them away in his big cage or sack. Now today, Krampus is becoming popular all over the world, including in the U.S. Many places host Krampus parades where people dress up and cause havoc in the streets. They actually look really fun. <laughs> yeah, like I said, you can find Krampus on a lot of merchandise around the Christmas season like my Christmas sweater that I'm wearing, and they've even made some really good movies. But to my surprise, there are more Christmas legends just like Krampus. Another favorite one I found is Frau Perchta, aka the belly slitter, aka Bertha. <laughs> she has a lot of names, but she's not someone you want to show up at your house. So she comes from the Alpine Austrian folklore, but can be found all over Europe. Her name actually means Shining One, so people think she started as a pagan goddess that was later twisted by Christians to bash pagan cultures, so they made her evil. But no matter the story of her origin, she is a rewarder of the good and a punisher of all who are lazy, liars, and greedy. I know some people who need a visit from Frau Perchta. So the legend goes that she wanders along with her unbaptized souls or demons that follow her, 
and she visits the homes during the 12 days before Christmas or before the Epiphany. Now, she really enjoys checking up on spinners. Yes, spinners, the yarn type, you know. <laughs> Remember, these are from back in the day, y'all. So if she catches you working on her feast day, she'd come and slit open your belly, take out your insides, and fill it with garbage. So make sure you take a break from working. But also, don't be lazy any other day because she hates that too. So remember, she hates the lazy and introverts. But more than that, she loathes dishonest children. So if she finds a liar, she'll rub their tongue with glass. Ooh, I know somebody she needs to visit. She's vicious, but don't get it twisted. If you're good, she'll leave you a small gold coin. So everybody watch out for Frau Perchta. This next legend comes from Italy. Now, I have heard this one before, but I didn't know the story. This one is known as La Befana. Now, La Befana, she's a type of Santa in Italy that is celebrated on the eve of Epiphany, January 6th. She's an old woman who many refer to as a witch because she kind of looks like your typical Halloween witch. And what she does is she enters the home through the chimney and she rides a broom. She carries a big bag of candy and treats, and it is said that she leaves treats for good kids, but will leave coal or sometimes a stick for bad children. Now, children are told not to look at her if they hear her, because she'll whack them with her broom if they do. Now, the legend also states that she likes to sweep before she leaves. What man made up that lie? <laughs> But people leave out their traditional food favorites, and oh, Befana loves a little vino for the takeoff. <laughs> now, just by hearing this legend, one would think Italians mixed Western traditions, but the truth is, this tradition can be traced way back to pre-Christianity, elements of the Neolithic period, and even some Celtic aspects, too. That's another one I would love to study the Celtics. Now, there are many origin stories, but one is this. So three wise men from the Bible stopped to ask her for directions a few days before the birth of baby Jesus. So she didn't know, and although she couldn't help, she did offer them food and shelter for the night. She had such a pleasant and tidy home that the three wise men were so pleased, they invited her to accompany them on their journey to find baby Jesus. She declined that she had way too much housework to do, but later had a change of heart, but it was too late. So she left on her own, searching and looking for them and baby Jesus. Along the way, she would leave candy or fruit for the good children and coal, onions, or garlic for the naughty children. A variation of this story also says that she saw a light in the sky and went to follow it, thinking it would lead her to the infant. Now she continues to look, and even though she hasn't found him, she still leaves gifts for all the children, because the goodness and innocence of Jesus can be found in every child. They must have left that part out of the Bible. <laughs> but that is a good story. Again, a character created to teach children good and bad. This next legend is known as Mari Lloyd, which I hope I'm saying that correctly. 
um, but better known as the gray mare and a mare, M-A-R-E as in horse. Now, this is a very old tradition from Wales. Now, it dates back to pre-Christian... <laughs> I can't talk, sorry. Pre-Christian... <laughs> Pre-Christian traditions. <laughs> Why was that so hard to say? This one is said to bring good luck. So what is Mari Lloyd? Well, it's a pagan celebration celebrated in December to early January. It involves a horse's skull that is decorated with colorful reins, bells, and colorful ribbons. Then they take that, they prop it on a pole, and they cover it with a white sheet. Now people take turns under the white sheet walking around town. So what the group does is they go home to home and they pretty much challenge people to rhyme battles. <laughs> yes, I said rhyme battles. And eventually the mayor enters the home and they're given treats and drinks. And this is supposed to bring good luck to whoever lives in the home. Now, apparently these rhymes are a little raunchy, a little rude sometimes, but it's supposed to be funny. Now, this tradition has died down and is not as popular, but it's still interesting. This next legend is the legend of Grilla. This legend comes from Iceland. Now, Grilla is a Christmas witch. She is said to live in a cave in Iceland's hinterlands and has a family of very strange creatures. Now, all of these creatures roam the nearby towns and bring Grilla bad, misbehaved children so that she can turn them into a big stew. Now, this legend's origins go back as far as the 13th century due to the fact that she can be found in poems and small tales. Around Christmas in Iceland, it's known as a very dark time. This time is known as Jol or Yule. It's a time of year to gather and feast with relatives, but that's not, a, that's not it. So this was a time for elves, trolls, and other magical creatures to come around to homes and farms. Now the name Grilla means growler. She is known to have a horned tail and a bag in which she tosses bad children into. Grilla's large family includes a giant man-eating husband, who, by the way, that's her second husband because she ate her first one. <laughs> she did. And then she has 13 Yule lads, so she has a lot of sons. Um, and these lads, they cause havoc. Like, it's claimed that they, like, mess around with people in the town. And then she has a giant black cat known as Yule Cat. And the cat targets anyone that doesn't have new clothes for any Icelandic holiday. So y'all, you better get some fresh wear, okay? <laughs> now the legend of Grilla did not tie to Christmas until the 19th century. She was always part of winter, but not till later did she become part of Christmas. Now the legend of Grilla is still very popular in Iceland especially in the mountainous area. Grilla is a character that people like to put into their artwork. Now, the last legend I have for you on this rather warm Christmas day, <laughs> climate change, is that of Belschnickel. Oh yeah, you probably heard this name before, especially if you watch The Office. Now, the name Belschnickel means Nicholas in furs. So he was developed in the Middle Ages in Europe, 
and it is said that Belschnickel was one of the first characters to d distinguish between good and bad children. If you were good, you would be left with fruits, toys, candies, nuts, socks, or mittens on the eve of Christmas. Now, he would come before you went to bed, unlike Santa, who comes after you've gone to sleep. When Belschnickel came, he would knock on the windows or doors, or use his switch to scratch on the windows, and he would wear a mask and carry a black bag. If you were a bad kid, then Belschnickel would leave a rod or switch for you to get a good whack. Now, some tales get really dark, stating that he kidnapped bad kids right from their beds and then dragged them into the forest and tortured them all year. Now, Belschnickel is usually portrayed as a thin person who dresses up in furs. He pretty much looks like he lives in the forest. So he either paints his face or wears a mask, and he dons bells somewhere on him. He carries a bag in one hand and a switch to whip bad kids in the other. He's usually found in dark colors such as black or brown. Now eventually over time the legend of Belschnickel became just a story and jolly old Saint Nicholas took over the holiday. But in 2012 one of America's popular TV shows The Office brought this character to life when Dwight dresses as Belschnickel and he tells a little bit about him. Now this episode also sparked controversy because the character Belschnickel has a slave who is supposed to be a filthy dirty boy. Now he was portrayed as a character in blackface and this caused an uproar. Now today this character can still be found in Europe with the excuse that it's tradition. Okay Europe, y'all wrong for this and you know it. That was just always something they did in Europe and nobody ever told them they were wrong for doing that. It's definitely less seen today, but there are still parts of Europe that are racist that still do it. Now, Belschnickel is still celebrated in Europe and in Pennsylvania. So those are my legends and folklore that I found pretty interesting. Um, have you ever heard of any of those? I know I've heard of La Befana and Krampus, but I didn't hear about the other ones. I hope you guys enjoyed those. I always love learning things like that about other parts of the world and what they believe in and comparing them to traditions here or in Mexico. But pretty much all of these stories had one thing in common, and that was that they all occurred during the dark winter days. And these characters were created to make sure that kids behave during this time. If you know any more stories, let me know. I want to hear them. You can always email me at creepychisme for you that's the number for y-o-u at gmail.com or just send me a message on instagram twitter or facebook groups speaking of facebook groups i do want to mention something and i think i've mentioned this before if you want to post in my facebook group go right ahead but if it has nothing to do with creepy chisme or the things we talk about i may delete it so don't be offended just so you know um, it's not a place for us to try to sell things or post weird stuff that has nothing to do with anything I talk about. <laughs> so just so you know, like, go ahead and post it, but it may be taken down if I feel it doesn't benefit the group. And also be respectful of each other. Um, I know some of us are from different parts of the world, so please be respectful and let's try not to bring politics 
into my Facebook group, please. <laughs> we get enough of that in the real world. But yeah, if your family or culture has another type of holiday legend, I really want to hear it. I hope you guys enjoy your families this holiday season. Stay safe, mask up, and wash your hands or you'll be stuck alone like me for a week. <laughs> I want to thank each and every one of you who support, who listens to me. Thank you for the emails, the kind messages, and I promise 2022 is going to be even bigger and better for Creepy Chisme. From the bottom of my corazón, Feliz Navidad y Feliz Año Nuevo. Nos vemos en 2022. Gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy!